Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. This is our sneak peek for the week of Monday, December 2nd. We're kicking it off with some big cases. Kimberly, you want to start us off? That's right. The justices will kick off the December sitting with what's likely the most anticipated case of the sitting. That's New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus the city of New York. It's the court's first Second Amendment case in nearly a decade, and it looks at a New York City law that severely limits where people can take their guns. But the justices might not actually get to say anything about the Second Amendment, and that's because the law has since been repealed. Now, the parties and even members of Congress have argued vigorously over whether the city's attempt to moot the case means that there's no longer a live case in controversy. The case was the subject of our last deep dive episode, so if you're interested in hearing more, go ahead and check that one out. And Jordan, what will we hear after that? Georgia against public.resource.org, Inc., It's a copyright case from Georgia. The question that it raises is whether states can claim copyright in their annotated legal codes. It's a close question. According to the 11th Circuit that decided the case below, it raises profound issues about the nature of law in our society and the rights of citizens to have unfettered access to the legal edicts that govern their lives. Pretty epic stuff, right? So... There's this government edicts doctrine, which says things like statutes and judicial decisions can't be copyrighted. It's a super old doctrine. The Supreme Court hasn't addressed it in over 100 years before there were even Supreme Court podcasts. Can you imagine? Um, But this case from Georgia raises the question of how far that government edicts doctrine goes. So Georgia's annotated legal code is published by a private company. The annotations to the code include things like commentaries, case notations, editor's notes, etc. Even though it's published, though, by a private company, the state claims copyright in it. And even though the annotations are part of the code in a sense, they lack the force of law. And so the dispute before the Supreme Court is between the state and a nonprofit group called public.resource.org, which provides public access to government records. You see where this is going. Georgia says the group infringed its copyright in the annotated code, But the group says Georgia can't copyright it in the first place, and here we are. The case could have broad implications for a bunch of other states that also copyright their codes and for other government records too, and to the extent it affects the economics of publishing legal materials, it could affect the very practice of law itself. Wow. So that's Monday. Wow. Should we even hear about the rest of these cases? Um, Yeah, let's do it. We're already here, you know? Everyone already showed up and tuned in, so... Okay, well, the show must go on. The justices start Tuesday off with a big money case, so here we go. That's, you know. I'm listening. Interesting. This case, Rodriguez versus FDIC, uh, involves corporate tax refunds, which can run into the hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, it all stems from the fact that the IRS allows parent and subsidiary companies to file just one consolidated tax return. But that means that when the IRS issues a tax refund, it gives it to only the parent company and not the subsidiary. Now, the lower federal courts are split on how to determine who actually owns the refund, whether it's the parent company or the subsidiary whose losses may have led to the actual refund itself. So that's Rodriguez. And what's up for number two on Tuesday? We got Atlantic Richfield Company against Christian. And this is an environment case from Montana that raises the question of 
how far big businesses must go to clean up pollution. What happened here is landowners in Montana sued Atlantic Richfield in state court for cleanup costs from pollution, saying the EPA's plan to address contamination didn't go far enough. The company said that federal law preempted their claims, but the Montana Supreme Court ruled against the company, and the justices granted review of the company's appeal. And for more on this case, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Parts Per Billion, which is all about the environment. For an episode of Parts Per Billion, reporter Sylvia Carrignan actually went to the Montana community that's affected here, and she spoke with its residents about what the court's decision could mean for them. So be sure to check out that podcast, too. All right. The final day of argument uh, for the week, the justices will hear Intel Corp Investment Policy Committee versus Salima about when the statute of limitations begins to run in an ERISA case. The question is whether it's enough to trigger the statute of limitations that a company made all the relevant information available to the plaintiff, even if the plaintiff didn't actually read it, or if the plaintiff must have actual knowledge of the information for the limitations period to run. Now, I said that this was an ERISA case, but of course what the justices say about any statute of limitations can really have broader impacts beyond just that particular statute. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Bannister against Davis. The question here is whether and under what circumstances a timely Rule 59e motion to alter or amend a judgment should be recharacterized as a second or successive habeas petition. It's an important case because how courts characterize certain motions can make the difference in whether people can press their claims challenging their convictions and sentences at all. As it stands already, there are pretty strict limitations on raising post-conviction claims and habeas petitions, and so at stake here is essentially whether those strict limits extend even further. In this case, the Fifth Circuit ruled against Bannister, and we have groups like the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers raising alarms, saying that such a ruling stops people from raising claims that they should really be allowed to pursue. So this will be an important one to watch for lawyers who do post-conviction criminal work. Well, that's going to do it for our sneak peek for this week. We'll be back next week with another sneak peek of the final arguments of 2019. Until then, you can follow along with all the latest Supreme Court news at news.bloomberglaw.com. Hi there, I'm Amanda Icone, co-host of Talking Tax. Each week, we dig into the biggest tax and financial accounting challenges and opportunities from policy to on-the-ground realities. We bring you corporate leaders, accountants, and industry insiders. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. For more, check us out on news.bloombergtax.com.